You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When I first saw Kay on Hofstra News and Views, <laughs> I knew she could be bigger than Oprah. What? You're taking it back to News and Views. Yes. And you know what? I'm really starting to wonder what life is going to look like for me now that I no longer will be having children. Deadass? Deadass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. I'm going to take you guys back. I know we've talked a lot on Deadass the Podcast about my vision when we started, the conversation about what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And we've never really talked about all of the dreams you had. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take you guys back to when I fell in love with Kadeen. Y'all ready? Tell me. So we had a conversation when we had our first date about what I wanted to do. And everyone's heard that conversation about Martin being on TV and saying I wanted to do that. But we never, ever talk about what Kadeen said she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I remember watching this young, like, energetic, extremely articulate, which was, this is no knock to anyone from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But I was used to the Brooklyn girls being round the way girls. Even the intelligent ones were extremely uh, still like like hood. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I, and I love that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? All the West Indian women that I dated spoke with an accent. They were, you know, mm-hmm. you could tell which island they were from. Um, but when I met you, you were so articulate that I did not know you were West Indian. <laughs> Sound like I was from the Midwest. You, yes, you sound like you were from the Midwest. And then I was trying to understand why does she talk like that. Mm-hmm. But then you did pageants. Mm-hmm. And she won a lot of pageants. Mm-hmm. 
Then we get to college and she says to me in this conversation, well, I always wanted to be a news reporter. And I kid you not, she said she wanted to be a news reporter. And the first thing I thought of was Oprah. Yeah. And I was just like, well, she definitely talks well enough to be an Oprah. Mm -hmm. But let me see if she has personality. Like I said before on a bunch of other podcasts, and I'm, I'm a very driven person. Kadeen said she wanted to stay on campus. She stayed on campus the first year, and we were in the room with her roommate. I'm not going to say her name, but we had a roommate, and Kadeen hated the <laughs> fact that we had a roommate. So she had heard. She was like, yo, DeVal, guess what? I was like, what? She was like, you know, if you become an RA, you get free room and board. Plus, you get a single. And I was like, oh, word? She was like, yeah. And then she was like, I'm going to become an RA. I was like, okay. Like, you know, people just say stuff. Mm -hmm. Kadeem went and filled out the paperwork, did the interviews, and became an RA. Then won RA of the year. While doing that, she main, maintained at that time, I think it was a 3.8 GPA. You got it right. 3.8 GPA. <laughs> and she was a part of Hofstra News and Views. Mm -hmm. I watched her on, because I used to watch Hofstra News and Views the same way she used to support me in football. I used to watch Hofstra News and Views because that was my baby that was going to be on TV. That was our news program that on was campus. News, yeah, yeah, the campus news program. And I mm -hmm. watched her become a news anchor. Like Everything she said she was going to do, she did it. She became an RA. She won RA of the year. She, she said, I'm going to go out for Hofstra News and Views. She became a news anchor. Not just a reporter. She became a news anchor on Hofstra News and Views. She then got upgraded to be an AD, won AD of the year, then became an RD, became RD of the year. And the only reason why she became an RD is because she said what? I want to get my master's degree and I want to get it paid for. Mm -hmm. At that moment in our life, I said, I love this woman because she says what she wants to do and she goes out and does it. And she does it with style. At that Aww, point, babe. I knew I was like in love. And I'm not talking about lust. Because we was having a lot of sex in college. <laughs> I was in Indeed. lust, but I was in love with her ambition. I love that. Oh, this might be my favorite story time of all story times. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be free. 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 Yes, I'm going to be you know free to be me. Yes. There you go, so, baby. Shout out to Miss Diana Ross. Yes. Um, definitely didn't do it the service that she would have done it, but y'all get great. the picture. You did great, baby. I'm thinking about being free, baby. Yes. But being free and getting back to work. So <laughs> speaking of work and paying bills, let's take a quick break. Yes. And then we can dive into whatever you're going to be asking me today. Yes. All right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all. Losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes. No nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right, we back. We back. After paying some bills. Yes. That was a great story time. I think like I was, you know, saying before, sometimes it's necessary for you to remember and 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 feel what you were and how you felt in those moments, right? Stop so that saying was what you were, what you are. You still are those things. Right. Yes. It's a little cloudy. No, it's not. You are them. It's clear as day. You are. <laughs> and that's when I want to ask you the questions. So before we, I'm not going to let you just dive into story. I'm going to ask you questions specifically. Okay. Go for it. When we first met in college mm-hmm. and you were thinking about your life, at any point during that process, were you clear about like, I'm going to have to take a break to have kids? 
with this man or were you just like, I'll see what happens? Well, I knew for sure when we started dating and I met you, I knew for sure, like after about two weeks that you were the one, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that having children would require me to, of course, maybe possibly take some time. But I'd seen the examples around me in my mom, in my grandmother, who were in my eyes, super successful women who mm -hmm. were career women, but also amazing mothers. Mm -hmm. And I felt like in that moment, everything that I wanted to do in my life as a young teen, whether it was pageants, dance school, um, being editor-in-chief of a newspaper at school, like whatever mm -hmm. it was that I wanted to do, there was no limitations. Mm -hmm. And there was really no distraction either. Um, and I know my mom's number one fear when we started dating was that yes. I was just going to be distracted yes. from doing all of the things that I wanted to do. And to her point, I think you were in part a distraction. I was. I was. But. She was right. Yeah, she was right. You were definitely a distraction. But also, too, not a distraction that discouraged me from doing the things that I wanted to do. So knowing that eventually we would be married and I would have children, I just felt like it would be easy for me to juggle a career and children and a husband because why? I've seen people do it and they do it successfully to my yeah. knowledge, right? Um, so I thought it would just be something that would just naturally come easy to me mm -hmm. being able to juggle all of the things. I didn't really foresee what it would look like when I did have children and wanting to then now take the time to actually be at home with my children. That's mm -hmm. something that threw me for a loop. And I felt the struggle once we finally had Jackson to want to continue to be a contributing member of the family by working and, mm -hmm. and doing my own thing and still trying to find my way into the industry that I went to school for and I so so much loved. Um, but then there's just like this little boy at home who's completely changed my my life. So just to be clear, growing up as a young lady with successful women in your family, your mm -hmm. mom, your grandmother, no mm -hmm. one explained to you how difficult the balance would be being a career woman. Even though you had these examples to watch, no mm -hmm. one sat you down and said, this is what it's going to take. Absolutely not. It didn't. Um, or no one did, I should say. I did see it happen where women were juggling these things around me, like mom and grandma and my aunts and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know the burnout that was involved in that. Or I didn't know what sacrificed or what went on the back burner when other things thrive. So you can be an amazing career woman and give your job 110%. You can be an amazing mom and give yourself 110%. Are you going to be the same as a wife or vice versa? Mm -hmm. You may be an amazing wife, but are you a shitty mom because you don't feel like you can divide the time? It's like something always suffered. So you're saying it was three versions of you. you mm -hmm. There was three versions of your mom that you watched. It was the wife, the mm -hmm. mom, the career woman. And then fourth would be her as a person. And then, okay, so... For the four, it would have mm -hmm. to be her as a person first, mm -hmm. just take care of herself. Right. Then she has to be, what would be next? Next, she would have to be her as a wife. Her as a wife. Right. Her as a mom. Her as a mom. And then her as a career woman. So this, so the, if there was these four people that she had mm -hmm. to take care of. First, she had to take care of herself, mm -hmm. herself then her husband, mm -hmm. then her kids, mm -hmm. then her career. In right. that order. Right. And you feel you would like- think. You would think that- Growing that's up, growing yes. Up. Okay. And when you watched her, did it seem like she and was doing that? And then when I watched her- as I got older, I was like, oh, okay. So she, as an individual, was at the very bottom of the totem pole. Okay. The very bottom. Very rarely did I see her 
take the time to take care of herself. So she was supposed to be number one. Right. And she was always last. She was always last. Okay. And the reason why I said she was supposed to be number one, because at the rate that she was working, and at the rate that she was trucking me and my brother and my sister to this event and that competition and that pageant, and the way she was moving, I never saw her take time to re re-pour into herself, okay. right? To refill her cup. So I felt like she was always operating at a deficit, lack of sleep. I would wake up at a random 3 a.m. in the morning to use the bathroom and she'd be up doing what? Paperwork, notes, catching up on stuff that she'd she fall had behind on because she had two jobs. She was doing so much to make sure that we were able to do everything that we wanted to do. So she fell to the very bottom. So she was last. What did you think came first? Work, mom, or wife came I first? Think, I think uh, she was definitely... Neck and neck would have been working mom, okay, right? Because her job when we were growing up afforded her the opportunity and the flexibility to be able to be there for us as children to jump in if, you know, say Kadeen has a early practice that she has mm. to get to. You know, I can schedule my patients around us so I can get that little time in between to make that PTA meeting or make that practice. Oh, so she, she, so, she found time to prioritize work and motherhood. Work and motherhood, for okay. sure, for sure. And then underneath that, I would say I wasn't too privy to like how my parents' relationship was when I was a right. teenager. You know, there's certain things that you notice as a teenager and you're just like, mm, I don't know about that. But I know that for sure that my dad and her were definitely starting to kind of, as the years went by, it seemed like there was a disconnect happening there. So and that I, fell as well. And I, I asked that question because I think it's clear to point out that even though you grew up in a house with a successful woman mm -hmm. as far as every aspect of her life mm -hmm. no one ever explained to you going going into uh womanhood right. what that would look like oh, and for the sure. reason why i wanted to ask that question is because at any point when we started to get serious did you ever say how am i going to balance my career my relationship and when i'm ready to start having kids never I always happened. just thought it was something that would just happen. You know, when they say, oh, when a woman has a baby, it, like becoming a mother is just natural instinct is going to kick in and she'll just naturally do what she thinks is best for herself and her child. And that does happen to an extent. But nothing naturally happens when you're considering another whole ass human who is an adult, <laughs> a.k.a. your spouse, yeah. who has an, their own working mind, their own working, you know, way of doing things, the way that they receive things, the way they want things done. And then having you who were, was particularly demanding as just a person yeah, in general, person. right? Um, I didn't know what that was going to look like for me. So things that I thought that would just naturally kind of happen and figure themselves out never did. So then that required me to then say, shit, like a lot more energy than I thought now has to be placed into Kadeen as a wife. Right. Because now I'm not going to be considering what I need per se. I want to be considering what this man needs, my husband needs. And the reason why I'm asking this question is not only just so women can understand that, but men mm -hmm. can understand that mm -hmm. or any significant other can understand that. Mm -hmm. When you just expect someone to come into life, having both their parents, watching their mom be successful, because I remember saying to you a lot of times, your mom worked a full-time job and yep. had the kids and right. you make you it should seem be able like to do it. Yeah. you're the first person to ever have to do this. Yes. No one ever taught you, which means we should start having grace for women going through this process of beginning to have children and be a wife and be a career woman and to understand that no one has taught her how to balance this. So Man. she's learning on the job. And yes. if I would have known more then that I know now, yeah. I would have been a little bit more understand, well, a lot more understanding. Yo, that that shit, that that transition is major. 
it's mm-hmm. a major transition because it's a whole lot of figuring out. So not only is it now, and it depends on what order things happen for you, right? So for us, it was um, us being deliberate about we're dating and then we got married, then we had children. So you have children before you get married. Like that throws a whole other dynamic into well, the mix too. But But did you at any point say, I have to allot time in my career to have kids? As a man, I've never had to think about You've that. You've never had to think I've about that. I've never had to yep. be like, damn, I'm, I'm going to be working on these films and these projects and playing football. But if I get pregnant, I might have to stop. <laughs> right. I've never had to. Have you had to think about that? No, no, no. Of course I've thought about that. So I've thought about that a lot. And also depending on the number of children we're going to have and over the course of how many years. My fear was always being in a field like broadcasting or being on television. First off, the way you look is your business, right? That's your business card. That's what Absolutely. people see first. So Absolutely. there's that pressure to make sure that you're looking and feeling your best, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's also, there's never a cookie cutter way to enter into that industry. So when you're hot and someone knows who you are and, and your career tends to be taking off, mm-hmm. do you really want to now stop and take time to now have a child, be away for six weeks or more, and then potentially be forgotten in the industry? And but then you, someone new coming in and taking that slot. That's but, something that I figured. And that's always happen. been in the back of your mind. Always been and in the back of my mind. that's always been something that you've had to kind of decide, like, I'm going to make a choice to do this or not. Right. So it's like, is am I going to make the choice to say, okay, we're not going to have children now. Let me go full throttle into my career. Let me make some segue or some headway into advancing my career and then potentially having to stop that momentum because I know that once I have this baby or I get pregnant, I'm going to be out of the running for say 10 months plus postpartum so it's potentially a year and a half to y'all hear the do y'all hear Dakota do y'all hear Dakota everybody this is proof that we do the podcast at home <laughs> and you hear the baby crying in the background <laughs> and then me I literally stop everything and I'm listening to like who got him does anyone have him yeah, he's <laughs> so fine. that's life right he's fine that's life um what was I saying so we're so I'm concerned about now having to take a break from that ascension to then being out for potentially a year and a half to two years to have a baby, go through the postpartum yeah. phase, potentially breastfeed, nurture, all that, going back into the workforce, not even knowing how hormonally I'm going to feel now having to then leave my baby to go back to work. That whole process is just, it was daunting for me. And it's not anything that I thought about prior to. So I'm about to cross my leg because I have a very... Difficult question here. This is <laughs> this is the interviewer leg cross. Oh my gosh, I love it. We should no socks cross. on. No socks on. <laughs> was there any point during our marriage where you were pregnant and you regret making the choice in that moment because you felt like you had started to make headway and had to stop to have a baby? <laughs> so that's a tough question. That's a tough question, and there. I want the truth. That, yes, the truth, the whole truth, and then but the truth. So. Getting pregnant with Kaz so so soon after Cairo definitely threw me for a loop. Mm. Um, I don't think necessarily there was a career thing that was happening, but it was just, I just had a baby. Like I had literally just had a baby. Cairo was only six months. And then Kaz popped up as a surprise. Like, yeah. <laughs> here I am. And I was like, shit, like I'm still in the postpartum phase. Like I'm still nursing Cairo. Like how can I <laughs> be just having a baby and about to have another baby at the same time? That was an extremely stressful time for me um, because I was thinking about the idea, first of having two children under two. My career wasn't even a thing at that point. Yes, it was. I remember. See, see, this is this is how... That's how clouded my judgment probably was yes, at that point. Yes, this is how I knew you weren't <laughs> and it was even a blur. concerned about that. But I remember um, I had made the video with Cairo mm-hmm. and it had gone viral. 
and we had started to get a lot more opportunities and you were getting a lot more hosting opportunities. Was that when I was with the Hot Zone USA? No, you weren't with the Hot Zone, remember? Because you had, you had gotten pregnant. You had stopped mm-hmm. the Hot Zone. This was okay, right before this is the it. Hot Zone. Okay. But this was when I had made the video in April mm-hmm. of Cairo and I had gone viral. Mm-hmm. And then both of our social media started to blow up. Mm-hmm. Then we both started to get a lot more opportunities for you to talk about the process and talk about different things. And then Black Love had happened. Black and Love. And then when Black yes. Love had happened, yes. we had met with Tommy and Cody. Mm-hmm. And I might have just been pregnant just with Cass. I didn't know. You didn't know, but I remember Cody saying, Man, you would be great to host these different segments. We had ideas for black yes, love. Yes, we did. And then you got pregnant with, with Cass. And I was like, Man, like we had met some people who at the time they lived in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy had some connections. Cody was building out her whole idea for black love. Yes. They were looking for correspondence and looking for people to head these segments. Mm-hmm. And we lived in New York. Right. We were thinking about the move to LA. We were thinking about the move to LA. And we were saying, we're going to move to LA. Mm-hmm. And then you got pregnant. We said, we can't move with you being pregnant. Right. So I remember with feeling With two and a half like, kids. Yes. I remember saying that. I'm just like, how are we going to move to LA with two and a half kids and no help? And there were so many things going through our mind. And at I that remember point. saying like, man, like... Her getting pregnant might have stopped her from getting another opportunity. Mm-hmm. The reason that's why I asked about the regret, yeah. the regret question, because I was like, I remember that in particular. It was like, man, we were moving, we were moving, and then it was like she's pregnant again, and it was right. just like, okay, let's sit still, yeah, because we're gonna need help, and our village is here, yeah. And that was for the first time I had felt like your preg, well, our pregnancy mm-hmm. had halted our ascension mm-hmm. in a different direction career-wise. Right. Well, not really our, because you were free to do whatever you wanted to, and I was going to support you either How way. How was I going to move to L.A. and let my family stay Well, not in the New L.A. York. move, but I'm like, you. even if something became available in, the, in L.A., you were free to go to L.A. and say you had to work. Like, yeah, you but, always have the freedom to do that, and I didn't. But the move to L.A., to me, mm-hmm. was going to be the change that sparked other opportunities. For both of being us. Being in events, for both of us, being at events, and people getting a chance to meet yeah. us. It's like recently... You go places and people get to see you in person and then their producer or their business right, partner or right. their So much PR, networking. So much networking is involved yeah. because this business is based on relationships. Yes. And, and it's important to say that, especially what we're talking about now. People always say this thing, you know, well, they don't say this thing. It's not about what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. It's even deeper than that. It's not even about who you know. It's about who knows, knows you. you. Yes. Right? And I felt like every time you had to stop, Mm-hmm. And take a year and a half off. Mm-hmm. Those people who knew you was mm-hmm. out of sight, out of mind. Right. I had Kadeen in mind for this. Right. And Being in the make the industry is so fickle. It really is so fickle. You were in a position, I think it was three years ago, mm-hmm. to be on a daytime talk show. Mm-hmm. We can't disclose with who else. Mm-hmm. And everything was in the works. Mm-hmm. The producers contacted you, mm-hmm. wanted a reel. We sent the reel over. Everything yep. was moving. Right. And she got pregnant. Yeah. And then the show got canned yeah. and they went in another direction yeah. and did a whole nother daytime TV show. Yep. Yep. And that's what made me realize like, wow, as a woman, there's so much more mm-hmm. to think about when you're starting this process of life, of creating life and everything else in your life has to stop. Has to stop. So, you know, after, you know where the conflict arises for me? So I think about Driven, Ambitious, Kadeen, who was, you know, Doing pageants, winning pageants. When I met you, I had just won a national pageant. Yeah. Um, you know, news and views, you know, RDAD of the year, all that good stuff. That passion and that vigor for career success altered for me when I started having children. 
Mm. because it made me reassess what was my real purpose in life. Mm. Um, It made me reassess how important career ascension was for me when I eventually had now three children and now look at Dakota Four. You didn't know which one was more important? Extremely confused. um, Still confused a bit Mm -hmm. um, to this day. But I think the relief that I have now, life after the vasectomy, um, no, well, first of all, that's what I was going to ask you about. Let's be clear. Life hasn't really officially begun after this vasectomy until DeVal goes to get his sample checked, y'all. <laughs> DeVal has not been back to get his sample checked. And until I know that the pipes are clear and the swimmers ain't swimming no more, we ain't really in the clear yet. Okay? Because if you'll recall, season eight or nine, I had my best friend Bianca here. And Bianca told the story about yes. her having her fifth child after a vasectomy that was not clear. So we're going to do that first. Well, I like how she says DeVal didn't go back to get his sample checked. We did this together as a team. Someone has to help me get the sample out. I've been helping you, okay? Listen. Listen, listen. I've been helping you. The doctor said 20 to 25 times, approximately six guys, to eight weeks. Guys, this you is where the cap starts. You have gotten your 20 to 25 times within at least 20 to 25 days. This is where the cap, the cap starts. Kadeen said to me a couple weeks ago, yo, this day we're going to wake up, I'm going to get that sample out, and we're going to go. Did you wake me up to get the sample out, Miss nah, Ellis? Most of Mrs. Us Ellis? Was tired, All right, though. then. So don't, <laughs> don't leave it all up to me and be like, DeVal ain't do this. No. She didn't Guys, get up with me to help me get the sample out because we're doing this as a team. The sample has gotten out several times. We just have to collect it and take the specimen in. So once this Did we once this collect round, the sample like we had planned? Once this round of podcasting. You're not answer the question? Is, I'm, you see, I'm answering the question. Me, no, 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 no. Did we get up? Collect the sample together Not like we that planned. that morning, DeVal. All right, then. So don't say DeVal didn't. We didn't. So- <laughs> we over me. We, not D over me, we. Well, I won't be over that D until we make sure we get that sample cleared and I can get off of this mini pill because I am technically not in, in the clear either. I got no. on the mini pill just in case. Just in case. DeVal's swimmers are as overzealous I did the hard he part is. already. Okay. I did the hard part already. I got snip snippities. The snippities <laughs> is done. We supposed to collectively collect so let's this say sample. This. Like I was trying to say, once this round of podcasting is done this week, Monday morning, take the kids to school. Let's just get the sample out and we'll go. Deal? Can we shake on that? We can shake on that. I, like <laughs> I, I like shaking on this. He enjoys this whole sample collection process because so many times <laughs> we want to collect the sample and the sample has ended up elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> TMI You didn't get the cup out TMI. So it's not on me You <laughs> had one job TMI Like you made me Completely lose my train of thought What were we talking about again? No but, no, but you <laughs> You were talking about how And, and it's actually going to Lead me into a question mm-hmm. I've never had that Thought process of I'm going to be doing All these things And I may have to stop To have children mm-hmm. Right? But life after a vasectomy mm-hmm. Now is the time To feel free Yes You no longer Right? You You feel like you have done your part for humanity. You've contributed four <laughs> new lives into the world, mm-hmm. right? Now you don't have to be concerned with that anymore. Right. Do you feel like your th- thoughts are clearer? Do you feel like your yeah. vision is clearer? Yeah. Do okay, you feel so that, like yeah. that's really what I wanted to get to because that takes me back. I wanted to, to ask those questions first mm-hmm. because I need both young women to understand what that thought process is mm-hmm. and to understand that how easy you think is done. For example, people say this all the time. 
oh, you guys, how you balance life and work? You guys make it look so seamless and easy. Mm -hmm. It's not. Mm -mm. And what happens sure is ain't. we as people watch other people do it and they make it look easy mm -hmm. that we think that once it happens for us, it's going to be easy mm -hmm. until we hear stories and they're like, wait a minute, y'all were going through all of that? How oh come gosh. nobody never said it? Yeah. Well, we going to fucking say it. It's not easy. <laughs> it's we not. be in here struggling. We be in here tired. We be in here not liking each other. We be in here not liking our kids. <laughs> the kids don't be liking us. Like, it, it be a lot going on. Listen, so it's a day-by-day, case-by-case scenario. But what I can say, we were talking about confusion, right? Having that confusion yes. around Kadeen, who I knew, and I was very in touch with yes. pre-kids, pre-marriage, that young, vibrant teen late 20s, that's just like, yo, I could do all of these things. I didn't anticipate or understand or know how much of that was going to shift once I had children because yes. then there's a desire to then be there for every moment and mm -hmm. all those moments with my children. And now you have multiple children. There's four different people. Like, yeah. I mean, and I'll be honest and admit to you guys that after we had Dakota, even prior to having Dakota, while I was pregnant with Dakota, Deval and I debated about having a fifth child. Yes, we literally said we'd pull another Cairo and Kaz, right? Because we felt like we were in a space where we had the help, we had the resources, mm -hmm. where if we had one more child, we'll be fine. Boom. You know? So Dakota was going to have a little playmate soon after. Yep. I might have been pregnant now we were, based off was, of how we were trying to plan everything. That was the plan. That was the plan. Um, and then I feel like God kind of knew better and was like, girl, <laughs> I'm going to give you a little bit of this postpartum preeclampsia so you can know <laughs> that y'all are good, you know? And it's funny how... I was very conflicted in this moment because I was telling Tribble the other day that I felt like I didn't officially make the decision to stop having children or to be mm -hmm. done because I know we were debating on a fifth. I felt like the decision was made for me because of my health. Yeah. So I did feel a little bit of a way because I mm -hmm. felt like as just a woman who's in control of my body. So I think um, that I wasn't officially be able to say I'm done having children. You know, it was just made for me. I know what you mean. Um, but I said, you know, God truly knows best because I then wonder if I would have even had the capacity to to deal with and to to love on and to give the utmost attention to one more person in my life. Like I already feel like I have to divide myself right. into five for you right. and then our four boys and then whatever I get left for myself. Right. Um, I would not have been able to do that with one more person. But I mean, I think you would have if it was presented in the plans. To mm -hmm. I, I do feel like this. You didn't ask to come here. Mm -mm. God allowed that. Well, God created that moment for you to be here. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, God doesn't have to tell you what's next for you. He does mm -hmm. it the same way. He didn't have to ask your permission to be here. True. So if we start to allow that to be our reality and mm -hmm. say, when things happen to us that are out of our control, for mm -hmm. example, don't say why were not why wasn't I able to control that? Mm -hmm. Instead, God has gotten me here gracefully. Mm -hmm. I'm doing well, living in an abundance, listening to his order and walking in the footsteps he provided. Let me continue down that path so I can right. continue to be prosperous instead of saying, right. why didn't God allow me to do this on my terms? Mm. Nothing here has been on your terms. Nothing is, you're absolutely you see right what about I'm saying? that. As much as we try to control, nothing you has been on You didn't choose your mom, you it. didn't choose your dad. Yeah. You didn't choose when we were going to meet each other. All of these things are divine mm -hmm. intervention. Mm -hmm. And then you have to make choices throughout that. Right. And that, that leads me to my next question. Mm -hmm. Do you feel now that the thought of pregnancy, not child rearing, mm -hmm. Because that's never going to end. We're going to be yeah, rearing absolutely. children until they're in their 30s and 40s. Like that's I don't just think it, ever ends, it never right? ends, right? Right. Yeah. So not so much child rearing, but the thought of having to stop 
to grow someone inside of you, deal mm-hmm. with the hormonal changes and breastfeed after the child is here and, and postpartum and prenatal, the, the thought that that is no longer in the picture for you, mm-hmm. does that make you feel any different as a woman? Um, it makes me feel free. Yeah. It goes back to me feeling free, but it also makes me feel like I am now, like I've done my, I've done my fair share, right? Mm-hmm. I was blessed to be able to conceive naturally. My body did everything it was supposed to do. I feel successful mm-hmm. in that. It's almost like I can now check that off my list of things, like, right? We talk yeah. about the list of things that, that, yeah. that everyone has, particularly women. Yeah. There's these age ranges you want things to happen. And I can officially like just put a gold star and say, Kadeen, job well done on that. So now I have to refocus and shift to, okay, what am I going to do next? I have had a bad habit of Mm self-sabotaging over the years, right? Because let's be real, and I can be real with myself now as Mm -hmm. I reflect. There were moments after having Jackson, after having Cairo Cats, Mm -hmm. where I could have probably and more than likely progressed career-wise. Absolutely. We talked about this. Because of different moments or opportunities that I could have capitalized on, and I didn't. Because I fell back into this comfort zone of feeling like, but yeah, I can I can use the kids as an excuse. Or mm. uh, I know that I'm probably going to have another kid, so I'm going to just sit and wait until I get pregnant and have this baby, and then I'll pick it up. That's part of my procrastination so, so style. Question. So, so what you're saying is, is that you use the fact that you were going to have more kids as a reason not to move forward as fast as you can in your career. Yes. Because you just was like... Fear. 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 Fear of failing. Fear of being inadequate. Fear of not being able to be there for my children in the capacity that I want to be because I would have work obligations. The thing that's so amazing to me now about the career space that I'm in is that I have the flexibility. Mm-hmm. Like all people ultimately want is autonomy over their time to do the things that they want to do, the things Absolutely. they love to do. Absolutely. Like what are we all really searching for? What is this whole like rat race of working and trying to make money? Why? So we can have the time, time. to do the things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. And my fear was always that I would be in a deficit as a mom or as a wife. And I struggle constantly with that balance between family and work because I never want to have to continually pull myself away from my family for work obligations because my kids may need me or my husband may need me. And it's particularly interesting for us in our dynamic because you are in a career field that will require you to be away for extended period yeah. of time. So there's going to be, for example, when you were in Ottawa filming for three weeks, imagine if I had a, a job or I was on a daytime television show where I had to be required to yeah. sit and, and be in studio at this particular time. I couldn't just up and pick up the kids and bring us, yeah. them to Canada to see you for that but, family time. But allow me to We don't function well that but, way. But that doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with pregnancy though. Mm-hmm. That's using the fact that you have kids as mm-hmm. a way to procrastinate on what you really, that's not going to change the fact that I have a vasectomy because mm-hmm. you can always use the kids as an excuse. For sure. And that's my conflict now. So, do, so that's what I'm saying. So do you feel like you have a greater fear now that you don't have an excuse to say, well, I'm going to get pregnant. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's a greater fear and it's even more of an uncomfortable space that I've been in. Like people have been asking me recently, like, so how does it feel to be done? And like, what are you going to be doing next? Like, that's the question. Everybody wants to know, like, what yeah. are you going to be doing next? And that is, is, is a bigger fear for me now. It's like, damn, as I now approach what is going to be the beginning of the rest of my life, 
my children are only going to get older and more demanding. Absolutely. They're only going to be involved in more activities that they're going to want me to be there for. Like it broke my heart when Jackson was like, you know, damn, I wish daddy was here at my banquet. Like, this is exactly why I don't want to be an, an actor. actor. Yeah, that shit hurt. And I was like, what? And he's that just hurt. like, yeah, because you, you miss moments like this. And to him or to us, it might have been like, oh, he's going to have more football banquets. We're going to be at more banquets. To him, it was his first and he wanted you there. So I just fear that with both of us also doing this career thing in this particular industry, that it may force either of us or both of us at times to be away from home. So that's something that I struggle with now as I'm looking towards life after the vasectomy. It's no longer delaying because of pregnancy. It's now trying to figure out how we're going to be the best parents that we could be, how I can be the best wife that I can be, and how I can still be of service to myself and, and max out on the potential and the talent that I have. Like I have the, the ability to do so many things, but what is going to take precedence over the other? You know what I'm learning right now? That your fear of, of, it was never your fear of pregnancy. So even me having a vasectomy and you not getting pregnant, mm -hmm. it has eliminated a fear of you getting pregnant again, mm -hmm. but it, it will never eliminate the fear you have of being inadequate as a mom. Mm -hmm. Which is what I'm learning. Which is crazy, right? I have small fear of being inadequate as a father, mm. which is why I work so hard to try to be the best that I can be. But that's not going to stop me from doing what I have to do to provide because I feel like my greater responsibility is to be a provider, not a, which is going to sound crazy, right? Not to be present all the time, to be a provider so that I can give my children and my wife autonomy to do the things they want. Where you feel like your greater responsibility is to be present yes. and not so much to be a provider. But that's so us though, right? Because historically, not historic. well, historically, historically yes. yeah. historically and traditionally us being, I would say, having a pretty traditional dynamic with yeah. our relationship and the way we want to do things, you always are utmost in forefront about being the provider. Yes. So if that means, like you said, you have to be away, I'm going to be away. I'm going to face it my kids every day. When yep. I'm here, I'm going to be super present because when yep. you are home, you are super present. And mm -hmm. I just allow that time because I'm like, you know what? Deval doesn't know when he's going to be up and going again. Right. But in your absence, aside from having like my parents here 24-7 yep. to be that, the kids ultimately want their parents. They so do. now that's going to be they my do. new struggle moving into what's the rest of Kadeen's life going to look like? Because I want to be able to maximize on the potential that I have as, a, a, you know, a host, as a potential daytime talk show host, as an actor. I, I want to be able to do all those things. Yeah. But my struggle is like, how am I going to do those things? But then maintain the presence in my household for my children. Yo, it's, it's funny how we both have the same struggle. We do. But we lean onto what's our biggest priority. Yes. And it also makes me wonder if these priorities were social constructs that we just bought into. Mm. For example, the more traditional thing. Like for me, my priority is always going to be protect and provide, mm -hmm. even if I'm not as present. Mm -hmm. Where some people will feel like, well, that's a fucked up thought process because you have to be there for your kids. And my thing is, yeah, I could always be home for my kids and my kids and I could be struggling. Mm -hmm. Like I could be home all the time. Right. Right. And they could right. be struggling. Or right. I could be away 50, 45% of the time and my kids can be able to have the ability to do what they want. What's more important? Yeah. For me, being a traditional person, mm -hmm. my job is not to be here all the time. Mm -hmm. Like um, fences. Mm -hmm. And Troy says... I'm not supposed you not you don't I'm not supposed to like you like you don't have to like me. My job mm -hmm. is to put a roof over your head, right? Mm -hmm. You got food in your belly, right? Mm -hmm. That's my job. 
I honestly feel like that's my job. And yeah. to hear you talk, even though you can't get pregnant again, you know, mm-hmm. when, when we get the, you know, everything checked out. <laughs> right. Your biggest concern is going to always be, are you adequate as a mom? As a mom. And that's and that requires your presence. As a mom. Like you said on a, a previous episode, you've always said that seeing as though your parents were absent from home when you guys had to come home from school, for example, and no one was there yeah. to receive you and you had to be big brother to like oversee and you wanted a wife who would be home when yeah. their children get home. I always wanted the same thing. Like I want to be able to pick my kids up from school. I want to be in the carpool line those days. Like those are things that I want to be able to do. And we lean heavily on my parents now because they're here and it's just two extra set of, you know, two, four, two extra sets of hands to help. But I don't think there's anything more than the light in the eyes of our children when they see like it's mommy picking me up today. It's daddy picking me up today. Do you do you know how much this conversation has helped me understand your thought process? Because I like that. Thing. No, I'm I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why. When I met you, think about where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. We were both super ambitious, mm-hmm. right? We were both killing it. Mm-hmm. In the grades academically, me mm-hmm. being a Division One athlete, you yes. getting RD of the year, yes. AD of the, like we were both killing it. In my mind, I've never thought about stopping to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So in my mind is like we're just gonna keep going and going and going and going. Yeah. In your mind, you've always thinking like at some point I'm gonna have to stop it because we both say we want kids. Somebody's gonna have to be there. Yeah. Every time you used to stop or sit back to make sure that that was taken care of, mm-hmm. I used to be like, oh, she's procrastinating. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's making excuses. Mm-hmm. Cause like you, I used to look at my mom, who my mom was a full-time career woman, and she was a mom. Mm-hmm. But then I also remember, now like it clicks back to me, there were days where my dad cooked, mm-hmm. and my mom didn't cook. Mm-hmm. There was days where my mom came home late because she was working, and she had staff meetings late, and then she came home late, and then my dad had already made dinner. So when I think about it now, all the things I used to judge you for and say like she just don't want her dreams enough and she procrastinates, it's just a completely different mindset because as a woman, your priorities are have never been just my career. And this is you, Never. not all women, because no, some women, our career women are like, I don't want to have kids right. and that's my thing. Or even if I have children, I'm going to hire this nanny and there's no shade right. to that, but they're like, yo, this is my career. This is what I want. I need my ascension to happen in this route. I need to provide my kids right. this lifestyle. So I'm going to hire this nanny and they're going to take good care of my children and I'm going to pop in when I can. And that's fine. And that works for them. But I know I always wanted to be more of a hands-on mom. I think I also too, just look at how time is just a thief. Yeah. Time is a thief. And I'm like, Jackson already, like, just knowing that more than half of his life with us is gone. Is gone. He spent 11 years with us already. He only has seven years left before he goes to college. Shit makes me so emotional because I'm just like, I know. What? I know. I know. You know, like, know. what have I done substantial enough for him mm-hmm. in 11 years? Mm-hmm. Like, have I done enough? That he's going to be like, my mom used to. And my mom, I know, I know, I know. Like, I want him to be able to look back and say, yo, my mom taught me this. Like, now I see he's getting more interested in the kitchen, for example. I've been pulling him in the kitchen for a couple of years. And now he, like last night, he's like, mom, I want beef and broccoli. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to order Chinese food. I'm going to find a recipe to make it. Together. And we made it together. That shit was slapping. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> just slapping. And it was our first time doing it. And he kind of just loosely watched me when he came home from practice. But like, I want to be there for moments when he's showing interest and things like that. So he can look back and be like, yo, my mom... She did this. She was here. You know? Okay, let me tell you something. We did a podcast, and I cried thinking about Jackson, (laughs) right? But think about what we cried about. You cried about, did I spend enough time that he's going to remember my presence there? 
I cried about, did I prepare my son to be a productive man in society? Think about our mindsets and why we as a couple sometimes can't get on the same page about what we want for each other. Because I'm looking at you through my male lens right. and saying that if she thought like me, she would be more successful in her career. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. then you'll be looking at me through your female lens saying, DeVal needs to slow down and think about the time he's spending or not spending with his family. And we often get at each other. It's true. Not realizing that your perspective is rooted in your 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 reality. Like you, what you want for yourself is completely different than what I wanted for you. Right. And it's this moment right here is kind of creating some clarity yeah. as to why it is that way. And you know what's also particularly hard for me is when people look at me who know me the best. That would be like you or my mm. mom or my dad or my siblings or, or just family who knows Kadeen, the go-getter, the mm. ambition one, the ambitious one, um, the one who is always yeah. achieving everything. Yeah. And being like, like my mom literally is always just like, I can't wait till you, you're doing this. I can't wait till you're on daytime TV. And, mm -hmm. oh, you know, The View, they're looking for someone new. Like, you know, and she's always looking at me with this like, okay, so what's next for you, Kadeen? Like, what's next yeah. for you? And I understand that she is speaking from a lens of probably in her own way saying, I invested everything in y'all. Everything in y'all. And... She is, in a sense, is probably like, well, what do I have to show for it as a human being, as a woman, as a person? Who am I as a yeah. woman now that I've raised my children and y'all are doing your own thing? Because also, too, kids have a way of doing their own thing and Absolutely. eventually probably disappointing you. Like, Absolutely. you know, you put so much into children, you just never know sometimes what's going to happen regardless of how you've raised yeah. them. So I think she also looks at it like, Kadeen, like you have so much potential. Like she probably knew she had so much potential that was untapped. No. And she doesn't want me to miss that moment. And I feel like I disappoint the no, adults around you didn't, no, me you didn't who look at them. me and say like, damn, Kadeen, like you could be doing so much more. I'm glad you brought this up. Your your mom and your perspective is completely different. This Now, this is going to blow minds. Check this out, right? What we feel and what we want is not specific to our gender. Think about your parents, right? Your dad doesn't care about ascension. Mm -mm. Your dad cares about the time he spends with his kids and, fa his family, right? and yeah. making sure his family is good. Yep. Whereas your mom mm -hmm. is very career driven. She cares about titles. She wanted to get her master's degree. She wants to be director of nursing. She wanted to ascend to different places and continue to make more money to mm -hmm. have the autonomy so that her kids yeah. can do more things. Right. Absolutely. And that's not gender specific because your mom was the more ambitious one and was mm -hmm. like, I want more. Mm -hmm. Whereas your dad was like, we have enough to sustain and maintain. Yeah. So why are we pushing more? Right. But that also shows because the two of them never took time to consider the other one's wants and needs. Mm -hmm. Not as a wife, mm -hmm. not as a husband and what the gender role was supposed to be, mm -hmm. but what they want as an individual, mm -hmm. they started to kind of separate because mm -hmm. they couldn't understand each other. That right? is perspective. Your mom yeah. kept saying, why isn't your dad more ambitious? He's a man. A man should do this, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Your dad used to be like, your mom is a woman. Why don't she just be at home and cook? Remember, she's like, she, yeah. why don't she do these and things? Yeah. And it's like, yo... Let's stop putting gender-specific roles on people. Absolutely. And let's start trying to understand where they are mentally going into this thing called life 
So that when pivots happen, you're not saying, well, you're not being the person I expected you to be. Right. Or thought you were going to be, or you're not holding you know them saying? to the standard as an 18 year old. Like you continue to look at me like, and you have moments where you're just like, damn, but when we were in college, Kay, you used to do this, this, that, and the third. For and real? I'm just like, look how much has fucking changed I, since college, yeah. my nigga. Like yeah. <laughs> there's been four I, more people we added to the family. We have a whole career. We have a whole team of people we work with. We have a whole man. Like there's so many things that are so different. And when you look at me, sometimes you're just like, damn, I just miss like my girlfriend. And that's why now yeah. I'm more deliberate about going back to those sweet spots and moments and trying to re recreate that for us because we need that balance. Yeah. Like you need your girlfriend sometimes, right? Um, and yeah. sometimes I need to focus in and be mom and be on it. Sometimes I need like just at the top of the year, I felt like the house was not in shambles, but there was so much stuff to be done in the house that I, as a mom and wife and someone who wants to keep a home, wasn't able to do in the past year because we were so insanely busy with work yeah. and travel. So it's like sorting through clothes and taking stuff to Goodwill and donations and, you know, sorting through closets and refolding yeah. clothes and organizing. I'm like, I couldn't do any of that because I was I literally doing everything else. I didn't think you know? about none of that. It's just, it's and you wonder sometimes why you're just like, well, you know, we have a deadline for this. Denora says this is due and I was able to get this done and you weren't able to get it done. And it's like, it's because I had so many other things that are on the back of my brain that I'm thinking of that I'm just like, damn, like all these things in the no, house, all these things okay for the kids. It's okay to say. It's okay to say. It just was not as important as the other things it were. It wasn't. But here's the thing. When we first met, I felt we were in alignment about what was most important. And mm -hmm. at that moment, it was our careers. It was. And and to me, being, being the next Tyler Perry or bigger than Tyler Perry, the next Will Smith, bigger than Will Smith, the next... Kevin Hart, bigger than Kevin Hart. To me, that's still my priority. Mm -hmm. Whereas to you, being the next Oprah or being the next Ellen, or like that's just not as important to mm -hmm. you. And my thing I, is, it just if made I'm... me realize that I have to stop expecting all of the dreams we talked about at 18 mm -hmm. to still be the same. The and same, yeah. I know we were supposed to be talking about life after the vasectomy and how much has changed and how much, but I'm realizing not much is going to change because you still prioritize being a mom mm -hmm. more than you do being a career woman. I mm -hmm. even see it on your social media posts. I'll be like, yo, you ain't posting five or six days. And you'll be like, so? Like, <laughs> yeah. like you like you have so much other things that yeah. you've done. I've been and I've just I've just been enjoying enjoying present time with the kids. Like I see how important that is. I see how much they need it, how, how much they enjoy it when we just sit like the, when you were away for the Sherry Shepherd show. Jackson and I spent a lot of time together that day and it was just great to have conversation with him. I'm like, oh, he's a freaking yeah. dope ass human being. It's like you learn something new about yeah, your kid about every your day. And I, I passed the aux to him and he's playing these songs and I'm just like, yo, what you know about this music? Like, it's just so interesting to see and connect with your children on that level. And I just love and enjoy. And it may be in part because I can say them to say because they're, they're my children, but we have some dope ass children. We do. Like as as humans learning who they are. We do. I just want to continue to tap into that. And I feel like the career things that come organically that make sense for me, I'm going to go for it. I would never pass up on those opportunities because I still want to be able to be active in that and utilize my ability and potential. But, but you're not, not to that. a detriment of you and not to the detriment of my children. That's a that's a good wrap up. Like I understand. Yeah. I understand now. Like you yeah. still want to be a career woman and in that space, but you're not chasing this never ending pursuit of yeah. conquering conquering everything titles media. and every yes. Yeah. I no. am. And then with more and you are. I, am. I know I am. you are. I know you are. And it's like as much as I enjoy what we do and I'll enjoy, you know, people knowing who we are and, and interacting with people, I have the moments where I'm like, I want to shut it off. 
And I want to be able to do that. And I feel like I'm missing out on that moment in this fickle-ass industry. You know? So, there we are. I get you. I get you now. Like, See? Constant conversations, y'all. We learn something new every episode about each other. It's like the light bulb, like, literally went off. And I have to... The light bulb literally I have to thank off. you for, for always constantly pushing and driving conversations for us to have. Because I was never always, over the course of our relationship, very able to or articulate enough. It's articulate, yes, but not able to organize my thoughts yeah. in an eloquent way sometimes so that it made sense. So I appreciate you trying to walk me through that so that you can get an understanding of how I feel. Um, and I'm do. continuing to work on that and being concise and eloquent with my thoughts. So Marriage is a never-ending conversation. Never-ending conversation. <laughs> all right. Let's take a quick break. I think we should take a I break. I get you now, baby. I get you. I'm getting all sniffly and emotional. So let's take a break. <laughs> and then we'll come back and get into y'all's business after I just talked about all mine. <laughs> All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this, Nier, yes, Nier, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we're back. This is letter number one. We we'll have two today. Yeah, I'll go ahead and read it. And then I'll number read the one. Second one. My wife and I have been together 12 years, married seven. Her mother never accepted our relationship and took the stance that her daughter, my wife, continued in this relationship. No, if her daughter, my wife, continued in this relationship, she would not talk to her. That hurt my wife immensely, and I encouraged my wife to build back that relationship. Her mother was her best friend. They, over time, started talking again and mending that relationship, which was awesome for me because my wife wasn't as sad. I could care less if her mom liked me. In fact, the only reason any, the only reason any of it bothered me is because my wife was hurt, and to see someone who supposedly has unconditional love for you throw up conditions was is dumb to me. Never bothered me until we had kids. Because her mother still does not care about the relationship still. Wow, come on, lady, get the fuck over it. <laughs> because her mother still does not care about the relationship still, her mom calls and acts like she is not in one. But still, oh, this is making me mad. But still wants to talk to my kids and visit them. To wit, my answer is a resounding no. My wife turns the phone, generalizes conversations as if I am in the room and concedes to me to act like I am non-existent in my own home when her mom calls. Wow. Mm -mm. I have resentment in my being about it and what? I have resentment in my being about it and my mind says if she wants to act like you don't exist then neither do these kids because <laughs> these kids are from you. Uh -huh. Give me perspective because my wife gets defensive every time I try to grasp an understanding of why she gets to build a relationship with our kids and they halfway come from there's no fucking way nah, like this is making me mad mm -mm. feels kind of disrespectful that my wife allows it that is disrespectful but what are some thoughts you can share from this appreciate you P.S. not trying to be right or wrong just trying to and I, I'm glad you say you're not trying to be right or wrong just <laughs> just trying to see what is the problem with me also putting conditions on her again nah fuck that <laughs> Getting to know my kids. The kids that come from a relationship, a person she decides to ignore. Hell yeah. Yo. Yo. So, okay, Signed by. Sign I, really I really don't like her, but I be trying. Yo, my G, bro. Come on, man. Nah, yo. 12 you can't, years. You can't talk to me after 12 married. years. I'm taking care of your daughter. Your daughter's good. And you want to have a conversation and meet with my kids? Fuck no. That is a hard fuck no. Like, <laughs> I have the same issue with my grandfather. My mother's dad. Like, he's not trying to build no relationship with me. He has an issue with my dad. And then my mom always tried to be like, you know, you should take your, your sons over to see your grandfather. Fuck no. Like, there has to be a... This, you could tell it's triggering to me. Mm -hmm. But there has to be a respect factor. Like, you, you don't get to choose to be parts of the people life who matter the most to me while you ignore me and disrespect me. 
that's, that's rude. not gonna happen, bro. That's like, rude. I, and and to be honest, yo, your wife wrong for that, man. Mm-hmm. Like we, if we gonna hold people accountable, you as a woman can't say I want to build a life with this man, but then ignore her, ignore the man when it's convenient for you because you're trying to have a relationship with your mother. People like throwing out the Bible. The Bible says when a wife leaves her family and gets married, that is now her new family. That means you can't choose to be with your mom over your husband and then take your kids to be with your mom and ignore your husband. That's just wrong, yo. Right. Like, how are you going to be on the phone with your mom and then ask him to be quiet in the background? Essentially, nah, that's what he's saying. Like, nah, son. You got to make yourself small in your own house while she's on speakerphone with that her mom. That just got like, me tight, Nah, bro. bro. And the thing is, you are building a union together. And your mom needs to respect that. If your mom can't respect that, then you cannot be around my kids. Because this is what happens. People like to plant seeds in children's mind of things being wrong. You're not going to plant any seeds in my children's head of anything that could be that you may see wrong with me and my wife. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your thought process is. That's wrong, yo. Yeah. And the thing is, if you can't agree with our union, then you don't need to talk to our kids. Because these kids came from this union. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm traditional Regardless in every what it aspect. Is. Yep. But come on, give me a break, people. Like, yeah, like yo, people be wild selfish when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I'm not talking. Like, that's the, the most childish <laughs> shit ever. Don't talk to me. You don't exist. But those kids, I'm going to talk to those kids. Man, kiss my ass, lady. And I don't get like this, but that shit is triggering to me. Mm-hmm. Like, how you disregard somebody like that? Right. Yeah, that's just completely You know rude. what I'm saying? That's like, that's, rude. come on. I mean, I don't know if the, the relationship, she, she never accepted the relationship, so is that she doesn't accept her, or is it that she doesn't accept so, that they may be a sex, same-sex yes, couple? Triple like, it just could be... gave to us that they're a same-sex couple, right. so more than likely her mom doesn't accept the fact that they're a same-sex couple. That's possible. And her mom, and her mom is needs choosing, to get over that shit, too. Right. Her mom is choosing to take that out on her significant other, right. still trying to build a relationship with her daughter, and right. once have a relationship with the kids but the partner I'm not talking to like, like what does that even on, make sense son? because if you do have an issue with your child being in a same sex relationship then have the issue with your child not the person that she's in the relationship right. with as if what she converted her or like, like you know how people have that weird like no. mindset about it no, no. I'm gonna say this I'm no. gonna say this now have a have an issue with yourself okay I have four boys if one of my boys came out today and said dad I'm gay okay you gay I'm not gonna stop loving you and choose to make your life right. fucking miserable. And then because, be mad at whoever no, it is that you no, date. No, we're no. going to love both of y'all. All right? No, Period. Like, That's just what it is. Yo, you know what bothers me so much about people, son? People want to just project all of their issues on other people and then expect those people to move how they want them to move, even though they wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, you wild wrong right now. Yeah. And, and then you want to demand the respect. Don't talk to me. <laughs> But let me have your kids. That is the most wildest. Yo. Nah. This and, is triggering and, and your for me wife because needs to I've speak got, to her mom about that big time. Facts. Like and, like, and you need to seriously. have a conversation with your wife and be like, this is not cool. Yo. Nope. Because she can't continue to make you feel less than. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. And this is triggering to me, guys. I'm going to be honest. It's triggering to me because I feel like like that within my family. Mm-hmm. And my, my whole family is full with heterosexual Mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. but there are certain things about certain family members where they don't approve of certain relationships so they take it out on the kids mm-hmm. or they take it out on generations that have nothing to, to do, do with it, it. Yep. and then they be so selfish and so egotistical in their own life that everyone has to bend to me and if they don't bend to me then I'm going to disregard that person nope. but then still ask for that's eh. not how life works sis not how I life never works. talked about this because I never wanted to put my family out there but it does hurt me and it bothers me that my maternal grandfather chooses to not have a relationship mm-hmm. with people in my family. My father, 
uh, me and my brother because of the choices he made in his life. Mm -hmm. He made the choices. He didn't want to own up to the choices and he continued to be disrespectful. And when people said, fuck it, we're not taking it no more. He chose to, to not talk to people, but then still ask my mom to bring my kids over there. No. Like, have you lost your mind? Yeah. And maybe I, I took this away from them and it, it, sh it is about them. It should be about them, but it triggered me. Mm -hmm. How you ask for my kids, but you don't talk to me? Mm -hmm. Do y'all see how wrong that is? <laughs> Man, I, period. Period, ma period, ma period. Please. Oh my gosh, this is making me tight right now. Right. Made me want to fight somebody. I ain't going to lie. Because <laughs> that's just wrong, I think wrong, you got the picture, bro. though. Sis. That's, okay. The you got the get, picture. Yes. If, from perspective, her mom is wrong. Right. Period. Like, we don't talk about who's right or wrong, and you said you didn't want to be right or wrong, but her mom is wrong, yo. Period. That's it. And continue to have conversations with your significant other so y'all can find an amicable way to make the relationship work between y'all within that house. If she right. continue to because be ignorant like that, be an issue for let her too. be. The same way I let my grandfather be, let her be. It's They're fine to let people know that, you know what, we don't need you around here. That's a whole fact. That is a whole fact. All right, I'm just, I, this just pissed me off. Ooh, all right now, let's, let's let's reel it back in now, baby. My bad, my it's bad. all good. It's baby, all good. I get bad, you. No, bad. it's this is fine. It's fine. This is what we do. We can relate situations to how they make us feel based off of our experiences, right? That shit, oh my god. Next up, my husband grew up in a large group of friends. Some from high school, some from his childhood. They all have families, full time careers, and still find time to go out for a beer every now and then. My friendship circle, on the other end, has been more of a struggle over the years. I'm just now getting in a good place with my relationships. I have different friend groups that I connect with for different things, and I feel like that's okay. My husband, however, tends to think that because my friends don't hang out as consistently as his friends do, that equates to them not being my quote-unquote real friends. He's a firm believer that people make time for what they want. So if he sees one of my friends hanging out via social media with other friends, he then questions why I don't get an invite as well. Although I feel more secure in my relationships than I ever felt in my life, I tend to struggle with how he views my friendships, wondering, does he have a point? I feel like... I'm always trying to convince him that my friendships are genuine. He loves me and is very protective over my heart. I know it used to bother him seeing me upset in the past when I experienced flaky friends who didn't put the same effort in as I did with them. I have cried many tears over disappointment if I didn't get invited or friends that are coming through for me or I did not have friends coming through for me. My husband had a front row seat to it all. Now that I'm older and wiser, I really have reintroduced myself to people regarding how I expect to be treated as a friend. My perspective revolves around meeting people where they are and lowering my expectation for people in general, which you kind of have to do to avoid disappointment, right? If you if if they can hang out, that's great. If they can't, I have a backup plan anyway. I now believe it's okay to have different friends for different purposes in life. Sometimes I don't know if I'm adapting this mindset as a defense mechanism or if my perspective is actually realistic. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. You're absolutely right. I think that your husband in this circumstance is just trying to be kind of your pit bull in the sense because he's seen how these relationships have hurt you in the past. So now he's trying to make sure that you're not embarking on those situations again. But I feel the same way you feel, sis. I feel like the friends that I have who are my solid group of friends, my core group of friends, who is very, very few and far in between, they understand and we have a mutual understanding that we were able to hang out a lot in the past. Now life is busy. We all have children. We all have careers. We all have husbands. Some don't, but it's okay because we know that even if we spoke for a week straight or we went six months without speaking, when we finally do reconnect, it's like we pick up right where we left off and there's no hard feelings there. But I can see why your husband might feel like, damn, you know, let me be hypercritical of these relationships now because in the past, 
you've you've been crying over them. You got to watch out for people who want to spend time with your kids who don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Deval's still on number two. The first question. I'm sorry. That shit is bothering me, yo. Yeah. Because I, I remember I remember times going to my grandfather's house and we doing stuff and him making comments about like, you know, I fix stuff myself like a real man. You know, I don't just call people to do that. He was taking shots at my pops. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That, mm. And people, yo, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> don't let people, people don't talk to you. Don't let them around your kids. That's a fact. Because that's... People be That's evil. That's when the contamination starts, that, Exactly. Right? People be yeah. evil. And they, the only reason why, it's this real vindictive thing. The only reason why they want to be around your kids and, and is to get access to them so they can do things. And, and it's real evil, yo. And, vind- and yo. Protect your peace. Protect sorry, your kids. Man, and protect your heart against friends who ain't shit. But sis, I think you're yes. very realistic. Going back uh, yes. to the second yes. listener letter. My bad. I, I got you, baby. I got you. But I got this second one here. I think you're very realistic in your expectations that you have for people now. The easiest way to avoid disappointment is to not have expectations. So if you have friends that you put in particular boxes because you know that there's certain friends that you can do certain things with, keep it that way for your own sanity. If it's a de- I don't think it's as much of a defense mechanism as it is being older and wiser and understanding how people work. And how friendships, as you get older and life continues to progress and things happen and life evolves and you add more things to your plate as an adult, you're wise enough to know that, listen, a good friend is going to be a good friend regardless. Regardless. I I do. I agree with that. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just... So I got you, baby. Brought a lot of stuff that I understand. still unresolved. Maybe another podcast episode. We'll see. We'll talk oh about that. Gosh, like, bro. see, I love how we, we we sometimes have a hard time coming up with new, t- exciting topics for y'all, but they kind of kind of rear themselves yeah, that, that <laughs> as we as we talk every, about different things. You know, I'd be trying to keep like inside. I completely understand. I don't want to talk about because I'm like. Fuck that. Yeah. I don't need I mean. to ask permission for that. You lost it permission. Is, and you know what? You know what? You don't need permission for. You don't need permission. You don't need permission to write into us, okay? You don't need permission. Just write, okay? If you want to be featured as a listener letter, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. No permission needed. All right, moment of truth. I feel like we spoke about so many different things in this episode between the listener letters and then everything that we spoke about regarding life after the vasectomy with me. And I think the moment of truth here is this revelation that I had in talking things out with you. And it's that I was foolish to believe that pregnancy was the only thing holding me back from achieving certain things in my life or ascension within my career it wasn't just pregnancy and then the idea of having to stop and restart a career in an already fickle industry. I think it's just me realizing now that the things that I may have wanted when I was younger as that young, ambitious, vibrant um, teenager has shifted a bit now, rightfully so, because I now will be raising four vibrant, beautiful boys who will eventually become teenagers and men And I'm doing that with my life partner, who is you, that I value your opinion. I value how you feel. I value your goals and dreams as well as mine. So it's me now trying to find a way to make sure that I'm finding a way to style step around what needs to be done in those particular moments so that I'm successful across the board with everything. So my children can feel like, man, my mom was there for me when I needed her. My husband can be like, man, my wife has been there for me. And then when my career moves come and those opportunities come and they present themselves, that I'm able to jump into the ones that make the most sense for me and still gives me the autonomy over the time that I so desperately need 
for my family because I've realized, much like my dad, who is the simple one, that my family comes first. My moment of truth is that that was a long-ass moment of truth. You got nerve after going back to the, the, the first listener letter after the second one. We already was on I ain't that gonna one. Lie, I still okay? got more to say about that first. Well, we gonna letter, say that I, for another episode. <laughs> but uh, no, my my listener letter is truly truly this. If you are your moment of truth or your listener letter. Yeah, God. See, you Listen. see, I'm still on it. Val waking out, y'all. You waking my, out. My moment of truth is is simple and and is this. Regardless of who you are uh, or what type of relationship you exist in, right? If you're trying to be of service to a woman who plans on having children. The best way you can be of service to her in her career is to continuously listen to what her true wants and needs are. Mm -hmm. Don't implant what you think their version of what it looks like should be. Mm -hmm. Don't just listen to what they're saying. Yeah. Because our whole life you've been telling me that your family's most important. And I've been seeing in my own self that she could be bigger in her career. Mm -hmm. Rather than listening to what you're actually telling me every right. day, and instead of putting fault on you for telling me what it is that's important. If yeah. I truly want to be of service and anybody truly wants to be of service to a woman who is bringing forth life, listen to her when she's telling you what is truly important to her. I love that. Because yeah. when I really think back on it as a kid, when I envisioned my life, the number one thing that I always knew I wanted to be was a mom and wife. And you guys have oh. fulfilled that for me, surpassed my wildest dreams. Oh, you And know, I'm living in bliss because of that. I'm glad you added that too. Listen to your husband when he says the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because your dad has been very clear about what's important to him. Absolutely. And your mom wanted him to be more ambitious because he's a man. Right. Don't put your gender expectations on nope. somebody just because you think they can do that better. Right. Or they should do oh, that better should. according to societal norms. If this is what's important to him, let that be important to him. And, and let him thrive in that. Yeah. And let him thrive in that. All right, y'all. Be sure to follow us on Patreon to see exclusive Dead Ass Podcast video content. We got extra clips. We got extended video. And find us on social media at Dead Ass The Podcast. You can find me at Kadeen I Am on Instagram and TikTok. That's right. And I'm at at I Am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Dead Ass, baby. Dead Ass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are, and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City, and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m., to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.